we're back welcome everybody to another episode of league one on the rocks it has been a couple weeks but here we are we are back ready to go continue with this no off-season talk uh my name is rich you can find me on twitter at i'm rich but i'm not joined as always by the birthday man brian you can find him on twitter at mediocre ace how you doing man i'm doing good it's been a good birthday so far so um can't complain 33 is uh not any different than 32 i'll tell you that so far anyway so far so far we'll get there eventually maybe yeah well uh i have another uh background behind me you guys have seen me in in the player uh housing in the past but i moved into a new apartment today it doesn't have internet so i'm in the office today and i was given special permission by uh, one of the other people in the front office, Connor Martin, um, who does all the digital work for uh, Tormenta. This is the 2022 signed roster. That's the flight crews rally towel. So special sh shout out to um, Connor for letting me sit in his spot and got a little. Ah, uh -huh, very nice. Bolt. Yeah, gotta love Bolt. Yep. You probably like Bolt a little bit less after uh, receiving a pie to the face on. The Tormenta TikTok. A little bit less, yeah. First time meeting Bolt and I get a pie to the face. I mean, come on, man. So on brand for Bolt. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm in, going into the uh, Spotted Cows. Um, I still got a few a few left. I haven't been uh, doing a whole lot of drinking on my own. So trying to get through them as best we can on the show. Yeah. Now, some of my friends down here will tell you that um, will disagree with this statement, but I have not been doing a whole lot of drinking. I don't want any of my friends down here telling me otherwise. Um, I have been riding that caffeine wave uh, while I'm in the office, though. Um, man, it is it is crazy, but uh, more caffeine, the better. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, so, I, I think so with yeah, the amount of work that you're doing out there. You're going to need all that yeah. caffeine. Yeah, I don't have any alcohol with me tonight. I, I have the Dr. Pepper here in the uh, the Yeti. Yeah. There you go. But we have an awesome show for everybody tonight. We're going to be going through some preseason talk. Um, we have a lot to get through, so we're just going to dive right in. Um, now, a lot of clubs have been having preseason matches. They've been having uh, signings. They've been having merch deals. They're having all kinds of announcements. They're having town halls. There's a ton of stuff happening in League One. So, I mean, we got to get right to this. Which club do you want to talk about first? Um, I mean, let's let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about Central Valley Fuego. Um, cool. I mean, uh, I, earlier today, uh, preface this, I guess, earlier today, they did have a match. Um, they played Bellevue Athletic FC. Um, so at halftime, the score was 2-0 to the League One Central Valley Fuego. This one ended 6-0. Four unanswered goals after halftime. Yeah. That, that is insane. Like, are we, are we going to have to be on the lookout for Fuego this year? Or are they going to have a huge amount of scoring? Well, see, that's the funny thing because I mean, we still don't even don't even know who's playing for them. They haven't been announcing any of their players. No, which I mean, shouldn't really come as a shock, right? I mean, 
yeah. after last year, we should be used to this by now, but yeah. still a little yeah. bit strange. Yeah, we've been around long enough. We know some of the tendencies of the clubs around League One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, 6-0. Uh, granted, I don't know much about Bellevue Athletic FC. Um, I don't either. I don't know what they play in. I don't know what anybody on the team. So, uh, excuse me, take that with a grain of salt, I guess. Um, yeah. But still, 6-0 in your second preseason match is... It's rather impressive, no matter the opponent. Yep. Um, should also talk about, I mean, on Sunday, uh, they did play Monterey Bay FC. Um, they ended up losing 2-1. Uh, to one. At halftime, it was draw. Uh, it was a draw, 1-1, one to one, though. So, um, obviously, Monterey Bay, um, a team higher up than them. So, you kind of expect them to lose, uh, but looks like they put in a good fight and yeah with their social media team you know who knows who knows what they did who knows if this was even played <laughs> they we just don't know um but yeah i mean monterey bay was a decent team last year so yeah quality opponent and a good result against a quality opponent mm-hmm. yeah i think anytime you hold somebody in a league higher than you <clears throat> to two goals um and only use and only lose uh, by one. That's a good day, uh, especially for Central Valley. Yeah, and it looks like they have four remaining preseason matches, and two of them are, are against USL Championship clubs, whereas the other two are against college and uni- colleges and universities. Um, so let's see. Next Wednesday, they're going to be playing Sacramento Republic, and then they play California State University Northridge followed by Fresno Pacific University. And then they finish off their um, preseason schedule with a February 28th match against Oakland Roots. Yeah. Um, obviously, Sac Republic is going to be a, uh, a real benchmark for them. Obviously, free preseason doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, I mean, there's... There's a little bit of precedence for teams that do well in League One in the preseason doing well in the actual League One season. So, yeah. Do I 100% agree with preseason wins equal a quality side? No, probably not. But there's enough data to suggest there is a correlation there. So, yeah. Teams got to take it serious. It creates a lot of good momentum for Fuego fans having Jermaine Jones come in here, having, they just signed a, a couple of new coaches too. So having a big win against, you know, Bellevue athletic, I mean, it, it's, it gives all their fans, all the right optimism heading into the regular season. Now they do have some tough opponents coming up, but I mean, they gotta be feeling pretty good right now. I think so. Um, definitely, uh, some measuring six coming in. Um, and there is already some guys in the, uh, the live chat. So, uh, ranting blue penguin media, uh, saying what the fuck he's already gone full Ibis and he took Brian with him. Um, yeah, obviously <laughs> I've got, I've got the Tormenta FC training top on and then the, uh, the nice scarf. Uh, so big shout out to rich and, uh, and everybody over at Tormenta getting that out here. Um, I really enjoy it. I love I love the look of this kit and the obviously one of the best 
color colorways in League One belong to Tormenta FC. So uh, big thanks for them. I also I haven't done a beer fridge update in a little bit, but I do also have two uh, South Georgia Tormenta stickers on the beer fridge that will be making yeah. an appearance soon. So Very big cool. shout out and thanks to you guys for that. Um, and Alex uh, Ashen, League One Updater, pointing out that Bellevue Athletic is their um, partner youth side. So, um, And then Tim um, clarifying that they're a development agreement with Fuego, they're a UPSL side, or okay. rather affiliate partner. Um, still Seattle area UPSL side. So that's solid. I mean, it, you beat a development team, but still, like I said, six... Six goals is a lot of goals, man. Yeah. Especially yeah. for a team that struggled last year. Yep. And then Tim, winners. Yeah. Tim with Ranting Blue Penguin Media again saying, Dear Fuego, enjoy the hope. It is the first step on the road to disappointment. <laughs> so getting shots in early. Yeah, Tim, man. Co- Tim coming in early and often on this one too. So appreciate you being here too, Tim. Just because we're in the off season doesn't mean the banter has to stop either. So oh, no, no, it don't stop. Let's go full steam ahead. That's the best thing about this league. The banter never stops. Yeah, I mean, you go in <clears throat> on Twitter today. Even uh, Omaha Social Club poking a little bit of fun at Forward Madison. That was good. It's another good one, man. There's, that was good. Now we just gotta hope they come back with something, and uh, then we get the banter rolling because we're believe it or not, we are less than a month out from the first matches starting. So yep. we're getting there for, for anybody who doesn't know what we're referencing. The Nebraska humane society sent out a tweet where they had the, the dog like poop bags and on one of the pink ones, they wrote Ford Madison on there. Um, so, I mean, you, you just, you gotta love it. That's good stuff. So that's some good banter. There's some good uh, comments come out of that, but uh, go check, go check out Social Club or Nebraska Humane Society to find out <laughs> exactly what that looks like and what that entails. But yeah, um, but getting a little bit back on topic, I guess. Um, yeah, Fuego is uh, they did as you said earlier, they did hire uh, another assistant coach, um, Mike Elas Ellis Ellis Ellis. I oh, think. Elas Elias Elias. Yeah. Jeez, already. I, I'm in mid-season mispronunciation form right now. So, Or is it Elias? Mm-hmm. Dude, we are already in already mid-season there. form. Look at this, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, when Mike was hired, he was asked what attracted to him to the uh, coaching opportunity. And he said uh, the chance to work with Jermaine Jones. Um, and later on in that interview also said, Quote, I feel that Fresno is a hotbed for soccer and want to work together with the coaching staff to bring pride to the region and its community, end quote. So definitely sounds like a guy who's got his head in the right space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at League One, it just, it is all about growing the community around these teams, and community is a huge aspect of it, so... um Good on him for for realizing that, and obviously, working with Jermaine Jones is probably a dream come true for a lot of a lot of coaches out there. So, yeah. And speaking on that 
whole sense of building the community, they are actually doing a really cool event there in Fresno on March 6th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. They're going to be having an exclusive coaches-only town hall with head coach Jermaine Jones. So they're inviting youth coaches, high school coaches, club coaches, college coaches, all to come in. And the aim for this whole uh, town hall is to foster dialogue, share insights, and address important matters within the Central Valley coaching community. I mean, it sounds like a, a valuable experience. I have to also believe that there is a bit of an edge in recruiting here because just, what, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, uh, the club announced the opening of applications for the positions of academy head coach and academy assistant coach. So while there's going to be some good quality head coaching uh, discussions from Jermaine Jones and his technical staff, you have to believe there's also going to be a sense of, you know, recruiting happening that night too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, it's it it is such a cool thing um, that they're doing. Especially uh, especially with Jermaine Jones, there's going to be so much to talk about. But, um, I mean, this seems like an absolute win. Um, I know Fuego in the past has had some issues with supporters and stuff like that. So. Uh, I mean, hopefully they'll win some of them back and we see more fans at their matches because that is that is one fan base that I feel like would be really, really good if they had the numbers they should have. Yeah, yeah. And this will go a long way. I mean, transparency and, and accessibility to coaches goes a long way for, for teams and fans. Yeah. And you have to believe that having Jermaine Jones not only on the technical staff, on the sideline there with Fuego is a draw for fans into the stadium, but he's also a huge draw in the community for this town hall. That's going to be a big event for anybody at any level to come listen to him, his experiences, his advice. And I mean, there's obviously like we just mentioned a recruiting aspect, but there's, there's also just the, the ability to, to do some networking while you're there too. maybe find a, a future job in an, in another club or a college while you're there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So it, it all builds and grows to that sense of building soccer in Fresno. And when we were talking about that assistant coach that was just hired, he was talking about how he thinks that Fresno is a hotbed for soccer. So the fact that he is excited to try to tap into that hotbed, that hotbed uh, while also working with Jermaine Jones, I mean, there's it's just a, an awesome combination for his individual career, but also the community at large. Yeah. Definitely. And man, going to the live chats, man, people are ruthless on Fuego. <laughs> it, it is a very active live chat tonight. I like to see I love guys. you guys tonight, man. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you got CJ coming in saying the best Valentine's Day fundraiser idea ever, referring to the um to the Humane Society. Yeah. Um, you got Michael coming in saying the Las Vegas lights have now announced more players than the Fuego. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> Tim with ranting blue penguin media at this rate, I think Santa Barbara has announced more players than Fuego, <laughs> man, just absolutely ruthless. <laughs> Maybe not totally wrong, but geez. Um, man, you guys are awesome tonight. I love you guys. This is so funny. 
then we got Yogi coming in. Anybody who doesn't know, Yogi has a uh, has a line that he uses on Walk In Ninety, and I'm not going to try to do the line like he does. So I'm just going to say he says his his uh, catchphrase, and then also wants to give a shout out to Rich, who is truly club media now. So giving nice, Rich Yogi. a nice shout out. <laughs> Sorry, Yogi, I'm not going to try to do it. I can't do it justice. <laughs> Leave it to the master. All right, let's see. Uh, who do you want to do next? Oh, let's uh, let's go. Let's just go right down the uh, the line here and go with Charlotte Independence. Cool. So it uh, looks like they had a yeah. strong outing against uh, Atlanta United, too. That was, what was it, Sunday or something like that? Uh, February 10th would have been Saturday, Saturday. Friday? Okay. Friday, Saturday, one of the two, they, uh, they got a penalty kick from Miguel Ibarra. So they were able to tie it up. Mm -hmm. I mean, playing Atlanta United too. I mean, that's a, that's a quality opponent too. They have some crazy, um, competition coming up here pretty soon though. Cause on the 17th, they played at Charleston battery on the 21st. This is where I get really interested in this one. On February 21st, they play at North Carolina FC. Mm. This is a rematch of the 2023 USL League One final, and we're doing it in the preseason. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how crazy this is. Please I tell me that, that is North open Carolina to the public. Is now in championship, but to go back and say, like, all right, let's run it back. That's yeah. awesome. Please tell me that's going to be open to the public and or televised somehow, some way. Because I need to see it. We yeah, need to get so it. when you go to uh, Charleston's preseason schedule, the only one that says that it's closed to the public is Columbus Crew. Columbus Crew Ooh. 2. So NCFC could be open to the public. And where am I at on February 21st? Oh, well, I'm, I mean, I'm in here in town, but damn, I'd love to be up there. That's for sure. Yeah, we need... Uh... It's a Wednesday. We need some boots on the ground out there and uh, yeah. somebody get a live stream going. Ebony. Yeah, there you go. Ebony. Hook us up. Or or Thackham. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody. We got some fans. We can we can get them out there. Are we putting the putting the word out to all the fans? We uh we need to, we need a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Been an, an Instagram live that'll work. That'll work just fine. Okay. It makes me it makes me think back to when um, Gary was at what was that New England Revolution and the feed went down, so he was doing like the live Instagram feed. Yeah. Using his phone. Mm hmm That was that was what twenty twenty or was that twenty one? Ah, uh, that was the first season. I think that was even the yeah, first twenty. I think that was the first match. Yeah, I remember it was super early. Yeah. But I thought that was absolutely hilarious that he had his phone out and he was doing the recording there. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I think I was... So that was... uh was out of the Capital District. That was like Parliament, one of Parliament's get-togethers down there, and it was in 2020 because I know we still had COVID going on, so we all stayed far apart. But oh, I do remember. Um. <laughs> Tim and uh, Rancy Blue Penguin Media. If we go film the NCFC Charlotte match, can we get beer poured on us too? 
I'm gonna leave that up up to you. I mean, <laughs> beer showers don't always have to be done by other people. If you want to take a beer shower, you can go right ahead and do. That. It's true. Hey, speaking of uh, well, media, but I mean, this is a stretch and and a branch off here. Did you see that video that Charlotte posted of Nick Spielman calling season ticket holders? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, they posted it like a week or two ago, maybe, but he was calling season ticket holders, basically, you know, talking about how excited he was to have them back in the stands and getting the season started and everything. But he got me thinking like, how cool would it be as a fan, like a season ticket holder to get a call from one of the players on the team? Mm-hmm. That, I thought that was a really yeah. cool idea from them. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's always cool uh, when you get to see players or talk to players. Cause I know at the union Omaha Jersey reveal, they had a few players there and um, my wife went up and, and asked for, she knew who for a, uh, for an autograph. Cause it's my son's favorite player. So he was gracious enough to say, Oh yeah, absolutely. And signed it. And they sat and chatted for a minute or two and then she came back over. So always cool. Um, when you get to see and talk to talk to players. So he was all the more willing to sign the jersey that you bought because it was the new who jersey. I did. Yes, I did wow. buy I did buy the keeper jersey. It was between the uh ooh, the Tormenta training top and the the new Union Omaha keeper kit, but um I wore the keeper kit yesterday to be perfectly honest, so I, yeah. <laughs> I decided to go with the Tormenta top today. <laughs> Either way, those are beautiful jerseys. They, like, I, they I nice. love them. They are nice. It's it was cool to see the purple make a comeback. I think on our on our podcast account, my uh, my first reaction to the new keeper kit was just purple in all caps with like seventeen exclamation points. So nice. I can't wait to get my hands on one of those jerseys. Uh, there's gonna be there's gonna be a ton uh, a ton of really great jerseys. I think this season. Um, which actually, if I do remember correctly, we have a question about that. Ooh. Let's see. Yeah. Um, one of the questions in uh, one of the questions that we have is which club's kit launch are you looking forward to the most? I mean, personally, being a Union Omaha fan, that the yeah. kit that I was looking forward to is already launched. So, um, yeah. yeah um, besides that, though, Ford Madison, uh, I mean, yeah. they always come out with really cool stuff. Um, yeah. Spokane, we've already seen what theirs look like. Also very cool. Uh, very simple, I but very cool. love the Spokane uh, idea with the QR code on the front. That's another good love one. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. They they killed it with that idea. This is a good one. Uh, yeah. Sleeper pick for me. Uh, not, I guess not even really a sleeper because I think everybody kind of already knows what Richmond has been teasing and what they're talking about. I just yeah. can't wait for it to actually happen and then the Richmond fans to be have all of this excitement and talk that they've had about getting a red kit and then it happens. So happy for them if that happens. Yeah. I'll I'll throw out uh I'm excited for 
and this is a bit I'm going with the rivalry here. I'm going with the um the oh the the bourbon barrel here. Um so Lexington with the amount of hype that they've been generating with their roster, you got to imagine that their front office is panicking, trying to match that with mm-hmm. their jersey design. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they come out with, especially because you know that everyone's going to be excited for Lexington to come to town so they can see them play. But then you want to add to that excitement by seeing what they're going to wear when they come to play too. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'll throw it over to uh, One Knox as well, um, because I love last year's uh, sunset kit. Yeah. And so, with a creative idea like that, I, I want to see what they throw out again this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got a colorway that really, really sets them up for some cool sunset vibes like that. So. Yeah. I like it. But I mean, you can't go wrong with with picking Ford Madison. I mean. They always do awesome stuff. Yeah, they do. They've got quite a few creative minds up there that have been killing it. So, yeah. Um, Alex Ashton, going back to you for uh, uh, back to our conversation about getting calls from players. Uh, Richmond used to do that as well. Uh, Matt Bolduck called me, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. That's see, it's got to be cool, yeah. man. Yeah. And then Tim with Ranting Blue Penguin Media saying, I think a year or two ago we got a personalized Christmas card from the Union Omaha front office. And actually, funny, you should say that. You guys can't see. I don't have my wall posted, but on uh, the floating shelves next to me, I have the Union Omaha personalized Happy Holidays yeah. card. So um, I, I'll maybe throw that up on Twitter, my, uh, my little wall that little knickknack stuff so i can honestly say i don't remember receiving that who signed it oh is it front office let's see i can't yeah all the uh all the front office members that's cool and it was after it just had to have been uh either 2021 or 2022 because on here it has 21 usl league one champions as well nice oh out in richmond you got personalized video messages this year also really cool jeez they got some good stuff going on there in richmond no wonder people want to come to city stadium yeah, no wonder they come in 6,000 strong every single week. Another trend which I hope continues this year. I mean, it was great yeah. to see that place stacked and rocking like it was. I mean, obviously, as a Union Omaha fan, I want Union Omaha to be have more fans than that. But, I mean, with a, play, a place like Richmond with, the you know, the uh, all the history and everything behind it, it's just really cool. Yeah. And Alex uh, and Yogi, um, I will be in Richmond, so we gotta we gotta exchange some some messages here soon to try to line up a time where we can cross paths. Yeah, definitely, Alex, attendance champions. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, true. I, hey, championship is a championship. 
got to take them when you can get them, right? Yep. All right. Where do we leave so off? We're going down the list. I mean, next up is Chattanooga Red Wolves. And I, I'll, I'll be honest here. I feel bad for their fans for the preseason schedule because every single one of their matches is away and it's closed to the public. Mm-hmm. So for some of these matches that may be within driving distance, you can't even drive to go see it because it's going right. to be close to the public. That's just, oh, it's which leads to a question that we have later on in the show, but I'm going to bring it up here and now mm-hmm. I'm going to start it off with, with the question that just popped into my head and I'm going to throw it at you, Brian. All right, let's do it. Which is more annoying when a league one club does not, announce their scores from a preseason match mm-hmm. or when it's close to the public. Oh, more annoying. I gotta say when they don't announce their scores. Yeah. Cause if it's open to the public, you'll go and you'll be able to know the score. Right. Yeah. But if it's close to the public and they don't announce it, it's like, well, what are we doing here? Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. You, don't, you probably don't want to pay the social media team to come out and <laughs> and do the live tweeting of it. But just a, hey, heads up. We won blank, blank. We lost blank, blank. Anything. But I mean, yeah. I guess the league did do something for it, too. So. Yeah, they do have that. uh that preseason tracker. So, I mean, you can see some of the scores that are coming through. Yeah. Um, it'd just be nice if it would be more present on social media, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. So let's follow that up with the question. I think that was from Tim, wasn't it? Um, oh, it was from John. Actually, it was John Hunt. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at J underscore Hunt one one two three. Don't forget to go check out Bluegrass Soccer Cast. Mm-hmm. But his question was: Should preseason games be kept as secret as they are? I I mean I don't think so. I mean you don't even have to give give the goal scorers or anything like that. Just a, hey we won or hey we lost. I think is good enough for most people. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, of course we'd we'd all love to know the score. I mean, I'd rather just be there, but I mean, you know. <laughs> Union Omaha doesn't have any that are open to the public here in Omaha yeah. at least. So Yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah. So we'll uh we'll move along a little bit here. Um all matches close to the public on February 10th, Chattanooga um, played against Huntsville City FC, so the affiliate club for the MLS side, and lost 2-3. to three. Um, They have some exciting games coming up here in the rest of the preseason. On February 17th, they're playing at Birmingham Legion. February 21st, FC Cincinnati 2 in Atlanta. Uh, the 24th, they're at One Knox, so... Look out for that one. That might be a possible uh, look into the regular season. Uh, and on February 28th, they'll be playing Charlotte FC of MLS Next Pro at Crown Legacy. And then March 2nd against 
Atlanta United 2. Man, Atlanta United's getting their League One fix this this preseason. I mean, all you guys had to do was stay in League One. Yeah. Oh. I had to go close the door to the office because there there's a uh the fire detector started beeping. Uh, it was either that or it was the carbon monoxide alarm going off. So if <laughs> if I start getting a headache and passing out, you know which one it is. Oh man. <laughs> well, at least I'll uh at least somebody will be able to call the uh, ambulance for you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's there. The Atlanta United two is going through, but um, I mean, Chattanooga, Huntsville City lose three to two. That's probably not a horrible loss. Um, who knows? Honestly, though, I think after one week yeah. in the preseason, it's really hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but I mean, got some goals, though. So. I think Chattanooga is going to have a, a good squad this year. Um, so it, it's going to be fun to see how they do against some of these other clubs. Mm-hmm. This okay, so we're going to talk about this a couple times tonight. But I find it so weird that. League One clubs are going to be facing off against each other in the preseason. Now, I know that we just talked about Charlotte, North Carolina, and that's a different situation because North Carolina is in championship now. But for Chattanooga to play one Knox in preseason, there's another one that we're going to be talking about here pretty soon. It's so weird to me. Like, why would you play someone in your league in the pre elsewhere before you play them? Mm -hmm. uh. One has to wonder how many trialists each of those teams are going to be playing in that match. True. Yeah. I think you might have your your starting rotation of like three or four people, um, but I think you probably rotate pretty damn heavily for that. Yeah. Or maybe and you I don't. Get it. And I get it like other pro leagues do it, but they're also a closed system, and there's not a, a competing league, you know? So soccer... Soccer is different. You should be playing everybody else. Right. I agree. Oops. Sorry about that. All right. So Chattanooga has a Valentine's Day package, and I want to get your opinion on which one you think is better. Okay. So for $45, you can get two general admission tickets to the the home opener against Union Omaha, Mm -hmm. which will also include a Red Wolves hat and a pair of socks. Or okay. you can spend $75 and get the red home kit with the hat, with the socks. Um, so $45 or $75, which one are you good or which one are you taking? Ooh. If I'm a Chattanooga fan, um, yeah. I already have season tickets. So I'm taking that $75 kit, hat, and socks. Man, you're set up for the whole season. See, I was thinking the forty-five because if really? I'm if I'm a Chattanooga, yes, I I most likely already have season tickets. But at the same time, I I probably already have that jersey too. True. So I get more bang for my buck if I can go to the general admission. Who's who's Chattanooga's kit sponsor? Ooh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, let me because that tells you how much of a value that seventy-five dollars is. Right. So if you if you're sitting on somebody like Nike where their kits are a hundred and some dollars a piece, 
maybe it's a little bit better for 75 bucks i mean granted it is last year's kit but adidas adidas so yeah uh you're 75 you're probably pretty comparable to what you would buy that kit for anyway so you're essentially getting you're buying a kit and getting a hat and socks for free that's not too bad my opinion yeah depends on the quality of the socks i gotta say i mean i am pretty hard on my socks when i get socks for christmas it's awesome because i burn through them so quickly yeah yeah those those annual memes of guys with their their holy underwear and holy socks Mm -hmm. like just hold on for two more weeks it's almost christmas you know that's totally you one of my favorites It is, and I'll open it and be like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Perfect. Uh, We got Luke Martin also in the chat saying, Tormenta's preseason matches are all open as well, I believe. Yes, sir. That's the way to do it right there. You just open them up, you get a very, like, limited concessions list. Popcorn hot dogs you know cheap stuff you just go buy the value pack of one dollar hot dogs and throw them in a crock pot get a couple hundred of them get some a big popcorn machine that right there four or five bucks a pop boom easy yeah that's really cool though that torment all of tormentas are open to the public yeah so this weekend we go to huntsville alabama uh so we play chattanooga fc on friday and then Huntsville City on Sunday. Um, but then after that, all the the preseason matches are at home and they're all open to the public. Very nice. Yeah. And it's it's awesome for us in the front office too, because mm-hmm. uh, it allows us like multiple dress rehearsals before the the home opener against Central Valley Fuego. Um, so we can work out those kinks and make sure that the experience for all the fans that are attending the regular season matches is as good as possible. Um, so it's nice. That's a definite benefit for us. But sure. another club who looks like they're playing all their matches away is Ford Madison. Yeah, I believe uh, away to Rob Minnesota said that. United. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, I believe Rob said that on um, the roundtable that we did with Linners and Woozers. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they're away to Minnesota United, away to Chicago Fire 2, away to Indy 11, away to St. Louis City 2. Man. Mm -hmm. I have a conspiracy theory on their match against Indy 11. Okay, let's hear it. It's on March 1st, and they play at 1 p.m. Conspiracy? I'm I'm throwing it out there. They're they're trying to jinx forward Madison from the get-go. Oh yeah, that's fine. And I wonder how how likely it was that Ford Madison didn't see through that and like, oh yeah, we can play on March first at one p.m. We have nothing going on that day. Let's do it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Drew him right into the trap. Yeah, that's him saying. UO's last year's kit is currently fifty dollars by itself. Seventy five for that hat and socks probably save you the price of the socks. Yeah, you um, Omaha's hats are not not cheap. I will say that as a guy who has over a hundred hats sitting in my closet. Um, 
they're not cheap, man, and I, I don't love that. That's why you can see my hat back here has seen quite a bit of wear and tear. That's why it's browning from the sweat. Just too expensive. It looks good, though. It does look good. That is that is my favorite one that they've ever done. So if they could yeah. re-release that, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Union Omaha Marketing Department, um, that'd be terrific. Um, and Alex making a very good point, saying, uh, talking about Forward Madison being away for all of their matches because it's cold as shit in Madison this time in the year and they don't have a good indoor facility. They're very, still doing their polar plunges up there. Very good point. <laughs> We're sitting in here in Omaha in the like 50s and close to 60 degrees at points this week. So uh, it's feeling like spring here. And I'm Which sure Rich down there. Uh, we're in we're in fall spring for sure. Fall spring. We've got at least two more good snows. Oh man, that's how it always I'm goes. So sorry. You I know, walked out to my car earlier this week. Uh, I think it was Monday morning. I walked out to my car and there was already like a layer of pollen, like just oh, resting man. on my windshield. Like, oh son of a, like here we go. See, I feel like that's one of the like unspoken things about living in the South is like if you yeah. have seasonal change allergies like I do, like it hit me really hard and it only went up from like 30 to 55 and I got hit really hard with allergies. Like I'm actually happy we didn't do a show last week because of that. I was just in misery the entire week and now it's going to get cold again and I'm going to have to redo it all. It's just horrible. So I can only imagine down there in georgia that oh, seasonal allergies must really suck yeah it's not great another club that's playing all their matches behind closed doors okay everybody like just become richmond fans because all their matches are open to the public or tormenta fans for that matter uh greenville is playing all their matches behind closed doors what is happening man uh, they did. They did play Charleston Battery on the ninth. Um, they lost three three nil um, to a, a a good Charleston Battery side. Let's be honest that that is a very good side as well. So yeah. no shame in losing three nil to a side like that. Um, but I mean, common theme again here: Atlanta United two on February seventeenth, and then they pay. Um, uh, Furman University on February 23rd, which makes sense. They're they're in their facility, so it only makes sense. It's a home, technically a home match, I guess. Who's going to wear the home I mean, kit in that one? It's a home match for both teams. Yeah, both teams are the home team. Are you going, ooh, primary on primary? <laughs> which, okay, I, I got to get into that because this has bugged the shit out of me ever since I've started watching, like, soccer or actually any sport if the primary kit colors are distinct enough you should always play primary on primary oh you think so greenville and omaha green and black you can tell those two apart really easily they should always wear their primaries against each other i don't i don't need i don't need three different three different kits if you have distinct colors for each team I love to see that color balance. I don't like the the light and the dark. I, I want to see vibrant, vibrant colors. The only one I think you would really have trouble with, Tormenta and Madison probably could not do primary on primaries. Yeah. 
Other than that, uh, Richmond and Chattanooga. If Richmond yeah. goes to the Red Kids, like it's been rumored. Yeah. Ooh. That's that's actually not a <laughs> horrible take. I, I I see the logic in it. I I like it. <laughs> Michael, actually, you know what? Michael in the chat says in all caps, no Greenville Lex primaries, and then said, <laughs> sorry, caps. You don't need to say sorry. I did not even think about that one. I agree with you wholeheartedly in full capital letters. No Greenville and Lexington primaries. Unless Lexington goes within a primary black and Greenville's a primary green. Yeah. Sorry, I See, had to get that rant out. Locals. Yeah, there's too many. I didn't think that one through. I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> it came from a good place. I just want to see cool color kits on the field. That's all. Or everybody gets a color rush third kit. How about that? You pick one of your secondary colors, and that is the primary color of the kit. My wallet's going to hate me for saying this, but like, just give me all the kits. Yeah. That's, and that makes me sound like such a Ford Madison fan, too. Like, just give me all the kits, you know? But no, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at other teams' merchandise, and I'm looking at all the, the jerseys they have and i'm thinking yeah i want that one i want that one i want that i mean just yeah yeah i definitely plan on buying that uh one knox sunset kit because it they, they just announced that it's um on sale like 25 or 30 percent off or something like that nice i definitely plan on on getting one of those if they have my size yeah for sure um tim with ranting blue penguin media again saying a keeper outfield swap night Solid, solid one. I like it. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a uh, great idea, actually. Michael also coming in. Lexington secondary cover green again, going to look like Seattle's color rush. Fair. See what you started. Yeah, and then CJ saying no, Rich. You sound like Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> all the kids, all the time. Hey, if I get to be more like Brayden, I think that's a great deal. That's I'll solid. take that one. Yeah. Very solid. Um, so we'll move along to the next one here because uh, we do have quite a bit to go through and we are at 50 minutes already. So, uh, Oh my gosh. Knoxville, uh, one Knox. February 10th, they played Chattanooga FC to a nil-nil draw, but it was abandoned at halftime due to weather. So um, unfortunate there, but again, it is preseason. So take that with what you will um february 17th though this is interesting you don't see these a whole lot but a triple header versus lincoln memorial university carson newman university and young harris college all on the same day yeah that's crazy i wonder if they're gonna be like shortened matches i yeah you gotta think they've they're only gonna be they might just be full running clock no no uh no stoppage time yeah maybe an accelerated clock every one second is actually two or three seconds or like you know when you're playing fifa or something like that and 45 minute match takes like or 45 minutes of a match takes three or four minutes in total time yeah so we did uh something weird well not i don't want to say weird we did something unique for the tormenta home match against mercer um, we did three periods of 25 minutes 
Um, and the two intermissions were eight minutes long. There you go. Um, so, I mean, you ended up playing just like just short of a full match. Mm -hmm. uh, but you get those two intermissions where you have, you can make adjustments, you can make a bunch of substitutions. So we got to see a bunch of uh, new players, different player combinations. It was cool. Yeah, for sure. You got to do that the preseason a little bit too, especially if it's yeah. open. Might as yeah. well just have some fun with it, you know? Yeah. All right, so I propose a deal, like an impromptu deal with you and, and everybody that's watching and listening. Okay. We just did half the league. Mm -hmm. And we have plenty of other stuff to go to. Do you want to do the other half next week and then get down into the U.S. Open Cup and all the questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. That sounds fair to me. I like that. All right, so the other big, big piece that we wanted to talk about tonight was the U.S. Open Cup news. Now, if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, you've likely written, or I'm sorry, read the article written by Jeff Reuter already. And this shows all the drama that is happening behind closed doors. So if you don't remember, let's, let's catch up on some of previous events leading up to here now. In December, MLS announced that its intention to replace its senior squads with MLS Next Pro players. Mm -hmm. Now, less than a week later, U.S. Soccer came back and said, no, huh? they denied that request. So there have been some press releases back and forth. The MLS intends on removing their clubs from the competition entirely because of uh, fixture congestion, while also giving their MLS Next Pro uh, teams the opportunity to play at higher uh, competition levels which I find a bit of a weird logic there. But anyways, according to this article, there are nearly daily discussions happening regarding the U.S. Open Cup between MLS Soccer, U.S. Soccer Federation, USL, and other leagues. Um, so if you look at the, the, the schedule for the U.S. Open Cup, it starts March 19th, which mm -hmm. is five weeks away. We haven't even done a draw for the first round. We don't even know who is all playing in the Open Cup. And we have all of this chaos happening. Thanks, Nisa. So now, let's dive into some of the proposals for the Open Cup that MLS is trying to submit to the Soccer Federation. Nine U.S.-based MLS clubs would not participate because they qualified for the 2024 CONCACAF Champions Cup one of which would be Houston Dynamo because they're defending champions. Now, Dynamo would also be given the option whether or not they wanted to compete in the Open Cup and if they wanted to defend that title. Proposal number two. Clubs would be able to choose whether they send their senior squads or the MLS Next Pro, which I find not a great deal if you, if you look below <laughs> the surface because... MLS Next Pro is on the same level as USL One, and if uh, they are going to be going instead of the senior squads, then these Next Pro teams would be entering later in in the the tournament. So that doesn't seem right. I guess no. I don't know. No, not at all. And then proposal number three. Clubs would be allowed to double their roster for the competition. 
which essentially is the same thing as number two, because you're bringing up those next pro players to play for the senior squad and enter the league or enter the competition at a later stage. Essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. This uh, was proposed because the U.S. Open Cup does not have a specific roster registration process or stipulation system. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we have three proposals that have been submitted from MLS to U.S. Soccer with, as we said, daily conversations happening about what is going to be, I don't know, what this, this year's U.S. Open Cup is going to look like. If you look at some of MLS's grievances, they don't want MLS clubs facing each other until it's quote-unquote mathematically unfeasible. And this, again, goes into the U.S. Open Cup stipulations. They do not have limitations on matchups within the same league. We see it all the time in the early stages. Um, Whether it's... I mean, any of those those lower leagues, they they those two face off against each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, here's one I know that Brian is passionate about. Here, the sole uh, one of the only stipulations for Division One status in the uh, the soccer pyramid for U.S. Soccer Federation is a U.S. based team. Uh, that must participate in all representative U.S. soccer and CONCACAF competitions for which they are eligible, which would be the U.S. Open Cup. Mm -hmm. And so now the big thing here is the pro league standards from U.S. Soccer Federation. And this is also going to be a crucial matter because there's still an antitrust lawsuit happening between uh, U.S. Soccer and uh, NASL because NASL feels that uh, the federation had broken the law to prohibit the NASL or other leagues from challenging MLS atop the U.S. Soccer pyramid. There's a lot there to break down. Mm-hmm. So, to give us the best opinion on the matter, Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um... Uh, Rich knows this because we, when we text about it, I, I get pretty, pretty heated and passionate about it. Um, I personally, MLS needs to be in uh, the U.S. Open Cup for it to stay feasible, for it to be a draw still, even if they don't promote it or do any of the things they should, um, with it being the oldest tournament in the in the states. Um, some of the proposals, I just ridiculous i mean the first one nine of your mls squads are not going to participate because you qualified quote unquote for this brand new cup and then they want to talk about fixture congestion dude you you created fixture congestion yourself by creating another tournament and in my opinion you created a new tournament so which tournament needs to go away the newest tournament needs to go away not the tournament that's been around for this is their 109th year. Like, no, you're that's no. Um, as far as being able to choose whether or not you send your senior squads or next pro, that's ridiculous as well. It, there are no roster restrictions in the Open Cup. You can sign your entire next pro team as your one team 
if you really wanted to. The only thing stopping them from doing that is their own bylaws that say you cannot do that. So if MLS really wants to do that, they need to change their bylaws. It should not be on it should not be on the open cup to change their rules because MLS feels like they don't want to change their own. Um, the third one obviously is my, my opinion, the best one you force MLS to stay in the competition, but you can double your roster for, for the competition. I mean, it, it, it's a no brainer. You change your bylaws and say in even add a stipulation, you can sign double your roster for, the U.S. Open Cup. You can even just say that. Um, I don't care about MLS wanting clubs to not play each other until mathematically unfeasible. That It's ridiculous. It's competition. It is a cup. You don't see teams like in the FA Cup, you don't see Liverpool and Aston Villa complaining that they have to play each other. They just do it. Do they send their some of a lot of their younger players? Sure but they still play the game. They don't complain about it. Um, and then the thing to me, like with MLS trying to throw their weight around like this and being the only Division One side, um, I mean, it's, it's put right there. Part of stipulations to be Division One is you participate in all competitions for which you're eligible. It's it's cut and dry. That's what you have to do to continue your Division One status. If MLS doesn't want to play in the Open Cup and they want to play in this made-up tournament that they just made up this last year, okay, you're free to do that, but you lose Division One status. Simple as that. That that to me, it is ridiculous that U.S. Soccer Federation doesn't sit there and push their own weight pack at MLS and say, okay, if you don't want to follow the rules we have set in front of you, you're no longer a Division One side, you're a Division Two side. I don't even care if you take USL Championship and put them in Division One, or you just don't have a Division One side. U.S. soccer is going to set a pretty dangerous precedent with allowing MLS to push their quote-unquote weight around. Um, and if they fold on what they have already said that they will participate um if they back off of that i mean that just all respect for u.s soccer federation gone if you can't stand up to your league there's plenty of other leagues in this country that you can work with that would be happy to be in the open cup usl being one of them obviously usl takes the cup more serious than mls does anyway but uh it's to me it's ridiculous. I, I'm I'm so sick of MLS trying to downplay the importance of a over one hundred year old tournament. Um and then Tim makes a huge a huge point here as well, saying, Would that be the same US Soccer Federation who has MLS with nine out of seventeen votes on the professional council because of reasons? Yeah, and they have nine of the votes and I think the most for the other one is um NWSL with four. NWSL. USL gets two and everybody else gets one. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, man. Um, US soccer really needs to put their foot down and say, no, you are going to participate. And it's going to be your first squad. What you choose to do with your own rules is up to you. So let me grill you with some questions here. Because I think this is a really good conversation and 
uh, I think there's a lot of different angles that we can um, take for this thing. Do you think U.S. soccer will properly stand up to MLS? No. No, I, I completely expect U.S. soccer to completely fold to them and say whatever mm -hmm. you want. It'll probably be um, the, the first option. They're probably going to say those nine teams don't have to participate. Okay, so with that said, there's obviously going to be a new look to the Open Cup this year. Mm -hmm. What do you think happens to the prize money? The winner gets three hundred thousand. The runner-up gets one hundred thousand. Um, what do you think happens to the Concacaf Champions League slot? What do you think happens to? I mean, what what happens? To all of these things mm -hmm. that you can win along the way. Yeah, I mean, there's so many dominoes that that is the worst part about this is they're going to have to completely rethink excuse me, rethink everything about the competition. Um, I think money-wise, they'll probably stay the same because MLS doesn't market the Open Cup anyway. There's only a handful of teams in MLS that care about the Open Cup um, and care enough to, I know one sitting right behind me, puts it on their wall of champions. So they care enough about it to put it up in their stadium and, and say, yeah, we won this competition then they should be forced to play in the competition you claim to actually support. So, I mean, Kansas City is a bad example because they actually do show out for the major vast majority of their Open Cup matches. But, um, yeah, I don't think the money will go anywhere because they don't they don't market it as it is. I think that it's already pretty solid in what it makes in the lower leagues and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> it's just I. Yeah. Okay. The, so the Champions League spot is a big one, and I yeah I think MLS is stupid to not take this competition seriously because there is a pretty prestigious spot on the line. So if you you think the money is not going to go away, I don't think so. But if there's less MLS teams in the in the tournament, there's most likely going to be less of a draw to watch the open cup there's going to be less corporate sponsors so let's let's say for instance that money does go away mm -hmm. do you think that has any bearing on other clubs from other leagues whether they sign up and compete in the open cup uh, yeah i think that's probably a, a pretty good i think i think a lot of lower league sides as far as um, USL two and below. So like the amateur, you know, semi pro teams will probably, um, still stay in it because you get a chance to prove yourself against professional teams, even if it is in front of 3000 fans in Omaha and a semi pro team comes in and beats Omaha to them. That's still a huge deal. Just like if, when Omaha beat MLS sides, didn't really matter that much to MLS sides, huge thing for union Omaha. Um, so I think those teams will probably stay in it. You might see a few teams in the third division say, ah, I can't justify the travel because that is a huge, huge thing for all of these teams. I mean, especially somebody like Central Valley Fuego or Northern Colorado 
or even Spokane now. I mean, those all have MLS sides in, but if those are next to them, but if they don't have MLS sides in the tournament anymore, now you're playing essentially USL Championship or USL One teams exclusively. So you're just adding that uh, that travel money and that schedule congestion against teams you already play anyway. So whether or not they find that worth it, I mean, at, I think that's an individual team basis. I don't know what individual teams draw for Open Cup. Um, just speaking from personal experience, I think Omaha probably does it still. Um, I think teams like uh, Sac Republic probably still does because they draw 10,000 fans no matter what they do. It, they could be playing a friendly against under sevens and they would still draw 10,000 fans. So um, Richmond obviously is another one. They'll draw 6,000 regardless. Um, so there's a few, spot, a few spots of teams in there that will probably still play no matter what, but I think you're right on that there's going to be some teams that decide it's just not worth it for them. Okay, so let's expand on that idea too. You and I have both been adamant about the fact that MLS teams should have to travel to championship clubs, to League One clubs um, in those early stages when they start entering into the into the tournament. What about lower division clubs when League One clubs, when championship clubs start coming in? Um there's there's a whole money aspect to this too because if you're hosting you pay for the other team's travel you pay for their accommodations what if they can't afford that what if they're stuck in that in that purgatory where they can't afford to pay f- to bring the other club into their town yet they also can't afford the travel to their opponent yeah that's that's a spot where U.S. soccer probably needs to step in at that point. If, if all, let's set the precursor that MLS isn't going to be in it anymore. They get exactly what they want, which I think is probably the most likely scenario. So the top league that you have is Division Two. If your amateur side cannot host or ref, cannot host because of the money aspect or cannot host because they don't want to, but also can't travel, U.S. soccer should be able to front those costs. U.S. soccer is not a broke organization. It's not, it's not a federation that loses money year over year. We can see that from MLS. MLS makes money hand over foot every single year. They're not broke. They can justify it if they wanted to. It's just how much do they value the Open Cup, and I think it's, it's really going to be on display here when they make a decision on what MLS gets to do because that's what it is. MLS is going to do whatever MLS wants to do. They will find a way to do the thing they want to do. It's just, is us soccer going to put up a fight on it or not? So let me, you brought up another point that I want to challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to put you on the spot. I, 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 we're going to get to a bigger message here. Um, if us soccer foots the bill, for that lower league side that's either hosting or they're traveling to the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say that U.S. soccer foots that bill. Let's say that lower division side is the last remaining 
and they win that prize. Does it go to U.S. Soccer? Does the club get to keep it? Mm. Are you asking me what I think should happen or what I think will happen? Let's do both. What should happen, they should keep the prize money and U.S. Soccer just foots the bill. What will happen is they will pay back U.S. Soccer for whatever expense they spent. Yeah. So this whole discussion wasn't me just trying to, to poke holes in your argument or anything like that. The whole point of this entire discussion was these are the types of ramifications that we are facing as U.S. soccer fans because one league is trying to do what they want to do. I mean, it, like you were talking, there's just so many dominoes at play here. As soon as one falls, all the rest of these are going to start falling too. That decision alone from MLS affects everybody. And it's not just from one certain aspect. It uh, There are so many different angles that we just explored here and now. And whatever happens, this is going to be an incredibly interesting Open Cup because I think we can both agree this is not going to be the same Open Cup that we've watched in, the, in previous years. No, and it's it's unfortunate with what's happened in the past even two years, three, three, two years. Yeah, the past two years. I mean, you have lower division sides taking it to MLS sides. I mean, you look at Northern Colorado, you look at Union Omaha, you look at Sac Republic, you look, I mean, it. the amount of teams, lower division sides that have beaten MLS opponents as of late, I think is the biggest thing that really spurred MLS into, okay, well, we don't want to play in your tournament anymore. And then they cite random bullshit things like schedule congestion when they made their own tournament. Like it just, it uh, to me, it's just so MLS is so taking my ball and going home with this. It like, I don't get my way. So I want my ball back. I'm out. (laughs) That's yeah. That's the, the perfect visual imagery right there. It's ridiculous. And Tim making right, a good so, point here too, um, saying not a good look with the new broadcast partner this year. CBS is going to wonder what the hell they bought um, if the MLS leaves. Buggers yep. off is what he said. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think CBS is probably well aware of what's going on. I think they're probably as roped into this as we are. Um because money is on the line. They're probably in those meetings a lot more than we are, but. Well, here's another question. Do you think part of the media deal was that MLS would take on this other tournament? Ooh. I think probably, right? I mean, there's probably a a higher media package that, they stand to gain from viewership with this yeah. new tournament. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's another one. It's, it just gets so deep. You bring up one thing and then you get six other directions you can go. And it's just, it's so frustrating because the answer is so simple. Do what you've done 
for 109 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get yeah. it. I... <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's jump into some of the questions that we had uh, submitted by all of you wonderful fans out there. We have some fun ones. Um, I, did any, I don't know if anybody took the USL League One preseason fan vote, but they do have it on their website. It asks questions like, who had the best offseason? Who's the best to visit in League One? Who has the best supporters for welcoming traveling fans? Um, we already talked about the kit launch. And then it starts talking about some of the superlatives, like who's going to be League One Player of the Year, all that kind of stuff. Who's going to win the Player Shield? Who's going to win the final? Um, let's jump into a couple of those. Okay. Who do you think had the best offseason? Oh, Lexington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an that easy is, one. I think that is the easiest question I will field on this podcast this season. Who had yeah. the best offseason? Probably the team that bought a million dollars worth of players. <laughs> like, yeah. Next. <laughs> All right. Next question. Best club to visit in League One. So, uh, I don't think you've been to an away league. Okay. Which one looks to be the most fun? Um, in no particular order, Tormenta, Richmond, Chattanooga, and Madison. Oh, that's a good grouping. That's a good grouping. Okay. I haven't been to Greenville, so I can't I can't speak to I haven't been anywhere, so I can't speak to any team, but um just as far as fan support inside the stadium, um stadiums being built, stuff like that. Um yeah, those are the four I'd go with. Yeah. That's a solid grouping. I like it. Um which club supporters are the most welcoming to traveling fans? I don't know. Now, once I got, again, I got no basis on this one either, but, uh, but this gives us a prime opportunity to highlight the fact that if there are any fans that are visiting Omaha, they can come tailgate with you. Yeah. I'll be right there in the parking lot. And all you got to do, because this will be coming with me on every single one is look for yeah. our lovely logo and it will be out in the parking lot with me every single match day. Yeah, and I can attest to the fact that hanging out with Brian and his brother um, bef like during tailgates before the gates open, it's a great time. So, yeah, get over there. They're right across from a bunch of other tailgates. There's games, there's, there's music going, there's food, there's drinks. I mean, mm -hmm. he's got a prime like location for his tailgate. Yeah, and shout out to Omaha Parliament, which is catty corner to me. And then this is only going to make sense to Union Omaha fans, but the Rocka Rocka guys are right across from me, and those guys are insanely hilarious as well. So, yeah, that's a fun group. Oh, and also just down the way uh, as well is Omaha Social Club. So there's yep. a pretty vibrant yep. tailgating scene in Omaha for anybody that hasn't been. So. If you get a chance, definitely come and check it out and let me know if, if you come down. I'll be, uh, I'll have a few beers or whatever beverage of your choice ready for you. 
yeah, if you decide to take a hike in in that you know parking lot, you can get back to like the the Benson group as well. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there's I mean, there's a whole bunch of groups that you can go visit. So they're a little bit further down. They were smart and sat in the shade. So yeah, yeah, that's smart. Sometimes we have dinosaurs. Very true, Tim. Yep, that's, that's true. L- yeah, late in the season, don't go up to the dinosaur. I learned this one the hard way. Uh, after Omaha won the title in 21, I had said on Twitter that I was going to climb said dinosaur if we won the match. And as soon as we got outside, I walked over to take a picture in front of it to be funny. And I had security walking towards me the second I started walking towards it. So (laughs) I would not have climbed the dinosaur. They had facial recognition on that stadium. They were looking for you, man. I think so. I don't think it helped that I had two beers in my coat pocket and two beers in my hands at the same time, but well, true. All right. We got another question from John hunt. Um, once again, you can find him on Twitter at J underscore hunt one, one, two, three. Another shout out to bluegrass soccer cast, Brian, Mm -hmm. because it's your birthday, favorite childhood birthday, uh, your gift or birthday memory. We're going to get personal here. Um, and there's a lot, I'm, there's a lot of toys, stuff like that. I remember getting, um, but I think my, my biggest memory from when I was a kid, this would have been 2007, I believe. I don't know. I have the shirt upstairs, but um, my first concert I ever went and saw was Van Halen with my parents and my brother. And uh, I liked it so much that they decided to extend their tour and they came to Oba. And that's what I asked for for Christmas that year. And I got tickets to go see Van Halen a second time. Um, so shout out to my parents for giving me a good taste in music. Um, so yeah, I believe that was 07. I'd have to find the I find the shirt. I still got it, but um, probably that one. And then to come full circle, actually, this year, I was looking. If anybody follows my Twitter, you'll know that I got really upset that I couldn't buy sleep token tickets because they got all bought by bots. And uh, so my parents this year bought me tickets to go see them over at Iowa, too. So coming full circle, a lot of concert tickets, stuff like that. But I'm sure like xbox or soccer balls or stuff like that i mean tons of stuff my parents my parents went all out on my birthday so nice they're all good memories if you're ever looking for a concert recommendation talk to alex ashton that dude goes to concerts left and right man Mm -hmm. so you know he's got some solid music choices in there oh for sure for sure I love scrolling through his social media. I'm just like, wow, another a concert, concert, concert. <laughs> that guy must be the, the guy that you want to party with. Oh, yeah. And I hope he's watching right now so he can, so he knows that we're saying it. <laughs> well, if he's not watching live, he will, he'll definitely catch it later. Yeah. All right. So we got some questions from Tim over at Ranting Blue Penguin. You can find him on Twitter at RB Penguin Media. Uh, definitely check out rbpenguinmedia.com because he has some 
uh, interviews and some stories uh, and some more stuff coming out here pretty soon. So, you know, you're going to get some good stuff from him too. Yep. First question, because he has some follow-up questions. Short of promotion relegation, should every USL League One team have an eventual goal of being able to move up to USL Championship? Hmm. I don't think every team needs aspirations to go to championship. I think most clubs goal, obviously being a business is to be profitable. You can be profitable in league one. Um, there are certain kind of goals that I don't know if they've ever been said out loud, but it's been speculated, right? So to be financially viable, it's somewhere around 3000 fans per match. We have teams, three teams in league one right now that are hitting over that mark and another like three teams after that that are damn close to that mark um so i mean I, should they have that goal i i don't think it's necessary i don't even think all of those teams have that goal um i believe it's forward madison has come out and flat said no we've we're just fine in league one so um, we've also heard richmond say that too yeah richmond madison i mean I don't, I'm not going to hate on a team that doesn't want to move up a division because that comes with just a whole other big can of worms that you have to get into. Um, but no, I don't think you have to have those aspirations. I think everybody should just want to be successful in season, out of season, just that whole thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business, and if you can make some money and grow the sport and get involved in your community, I think that those should be your goals and in probably in reverse order of how I said them funnily enough but yeah so we've heard rumors of a couple of clubs in league one um, possibly making the jump to USL championship next season mm -hmm. if they do not does that draw harsh um uh you know criticism against them for not making that move uh i don't think so i think until a club comes out and flat says our goal is to go up to championship by x year um i don't think you can really hold them to a rumor that may have come out or they may have hinted towards um omaha is one of the teams that have said that in 26, they will be in the championship. So that way, I think you have to hold Omaha to their word because they've come out, flat come out and said, we want to be in championship. And this isn't the first time they've said it either. Yeah. Um, Gary Green, the owner, has said on multiple occasions, my goal is to have a USL championship team. Does that goal change when he gets to championship? Does he set his sights on MLS? Who knows? But... um I think you can only take teams at what they have actually said. So uh, for the majority of teams, no, I don't think you can hold it against them for not actually going. Okay. And conversely, you can't for going down either. I mean, if it makes financial sense and it is, I mean, you look at NCFC or um, Richmond, when we, when we had the interview, um, he had said that if they did not drop down from championship to league one, they would have folded. Yeah. So if, if it's the, if it's a life and death matter, I don't think you can 
really fault a team for wanting to stay around and dropping a division. Yeah. And when we saw Charlotte drop down to League One, we saw Tucson drop down to League Two. It's all about whatever allows your club to continue to operate. Yeah. And speaking of League Two, the follow-up question from Tim, should all USL League Two teams have a goal of moving up to League One? See above answer. <laughs> just yeah. just change the names. For me personally, anyway. Um, yeah. If... Again, and I'll reiterate it too. If you can do good in your community with a USL2 team or an amateur team or anything, and you can grow your community and grow your sport, that should be your number one priority. And then obviously making money because the team can't function without money. But the other two should be taken care of first and foremost. Damn, that was a, that was a good answer. Frame that and put it in a museum. <laughs> Uh, Michael, right. Michael in the live chat really quick says, as a Lexington fan, I would like to stay in League One longer than we are rumored to be. Yeah, Lexington, one of those teams that are rumored to be going up to championship. Yeah. Yeah, we want Lexington to stay in League One, too. To be honest, I kind of want Union Omaha, too, as well. But Oh. Granted, I, I'll trust me. I'll take championship too. I'm going to follow well, the team wherever they go. It doesn't matter where yeah. they go. So yeah, they could drop down to an amateur side, and I would still be season take holder, sitting at every match. But yeah, I will say this: if we're applying this same thought process to Premier League, I know that they have you know promotion relegation. I will say that when Aston Villa was playing in the championship, those were the most stressful seasons. Um, that I have had watching as a fan because watching the championship play is an entirely different beast from mm-hmm. Premier League. Um, so, I mean, those were those were the most fun, but at the same time, most stressful seasons as an Aston Villa fan. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I wanted them to be in the Premier League, but there there's a, a sick side of me that was enjoying that that torture week in and week out watching them play in the championship. Yeah. I mean, we have to remember too, though, there's financial incentive for, for teams coming up from championship to the premier league. You get a, you get a stipend when you go up. So you can do stadium improvements or whatever else you need to do. So until USL can implement such stipend, I, I, I don't think there's much reason for these teams to want to move up. It's not on yeah. sporting merit right now. It's how much money is in your wallet. So yeah. All right, we only have a couple more couple more questions. Follow up to the follow up from again from Tim. Besides Omaha, which current USL League One city would Brian prefer to be stuck in on his birthday? No, it's it's current League One. Current League One. Yeah. You can't point to that Tucson uh, shirt already, man. I, it was a good answer. It was a good answer. Love, to give you that. I would love to be in Tucson. Um, yeah. Current League One team. What city would I prefer to be stuck in on my birthday? Everyone's on the edge of their seat. I would like to say Colorado, uh, not Colorado, California, because of the weather right now. But I think my actual answer is Colorado. 
Okay. I have been in that area of Colorado before. It is beautiful up there. And yeah. uh, I'd like to take the wife and kids up there too. So if I had to choose a city besides Omaha to be stuck in on my birthday, it would definitely be in Colorado. All right. So Nick and Rico over at Linners and Woozers, they win that one. All right. Last question. And we saved a good one for last. This one is from Geo. You can find him on Twitter at GeoConnus uh, at a 10 on Twitter. If the last Jedi was a League One team, who would it be? Oh, Geo. I can relax on this Geo, one. This Geo, Geo, Geo. Um, yeah, this is a great question. So I'm I'm going to add the context here while I'm thinking of my answer. Um, anybody who doesn't know, who may be new to the podcast, um, Star Wars is one of my favorite franchises in the world, and I have been super vocal about my dislike for The Last Jedi. Um, I don't like it as a movie. I think it ruined multiple characters. I don't think there's a team in League One that has ruined anything to be perfectly Ooh. honest. Okay. Um, but in terms of being all flash and no substance, I think everybody can kind of see where this is going, but yeah. forward, it's forward Madison. Oh. <laughs> I mean, come on. In all, in all realness, though, like I, there's, <laughs> there's not a team that I dislike in League One as much as I dislike The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. There's not a team... Well, nope, I take that back. There is a team that I hate as much as I hate The Last Jedi, and it is the Colorado Buffaloes. Okay, yeah, good answer. Good answer. So, yeah. Yeah. Forward Madison, all flash, no substance, just like The Last Jedi. Nice. All right, in the live chat, Allison was jumping in because she was going to campaign for Spokane, but Colorado can be acceptable, so she's on your side. I haven't been Michael to Spokane, so. Yeah, I, I want to go to Spokane sometime. I'm, I really, really want to go. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully, uh, I can make that happen so Benji and I can hang out. Yeah, there you go. Um, and if you have not, if you don't, if you are not familiar with Benji, Go watch the Spokane Soccer Show because yep. he does a phenomenal job with that podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, follow him on social media. They have some fun, entertaining videos. They do good interviews over there. Uh, it's it's yeah, they do a great job over there. Yeah, I'll be excited to tune in more uh, and and get their kind of thoughts on the rest of the league when the season actually starts. Yep. Um. And then Michael coming in here saying, shout out to Brooklyn for fielding a Super League team for the inaugural season. Yes, that is awesome. That is incredible news for Super League to get the Division One status so they can compete with NWSL and they can get the highest talent, the best like caliber players uh, for women's soccer. It's going to be such a fun league to watch, and I'm so excited for it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really good. Um, I can't wait to see everything falling into place, it seems. And 
it'll be really interesting to see if this sets a precedent that there can be more than one division one side in the United States. Um, I think there's enough talent here and I think, I think super league getting division one status shows that there is a demand and there is the talent here to field two top flight, uh, professional team, um, leagues. So hopefully that precedent continues and builds into something else. But let's see. Yep. But yeah, definitely a huge oh, yeah. shout out to Brooklyn, man. That's that's yeah. huge. Yeah. All right, we got two quick comments from Ranting Blue Penguin. We got uh on and all the merch. Yeah. I'm yeah. um, talking about that. The last Jedi. Previous shout out. And then um he also said Spokane is beautiful, especially in spring or fall. I would I mean, I have never been there, but I would say if you're in the Pacific Northwest, those are prime seasons oh, to enjoy sure. the scenery. So yeah, that would be a beautiful time to be there. All right. Looks like we don't have any more questions in there. So that is another episode of League One on the Rocks. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, where we'll take a look at the remaining six clubs and their preseason results. Uh, a little bit of chatter, and then we will continue talking about League One news, signings, um, results, any sort of club news, any sort of Open Cup news that may be trickling in there as well. So this no off-season mentality that we've been carrying through these past few months has been a ton of fun because the chaos never stops. I mean, it's League One. So uh, tune in next week for another episode of League One on the Rocks. My name is Rich. That is Brian. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Ah!